Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to Freaky Fridays, part of the Podmoth. It's been a while. <laughs> Blooper. <laughs> Welcome to Freaky <laughs> me 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 me. A E I O U. A E I O U. <laughs> Welcome to Freaky Fridays, part of the Podmoth Network, the podcast where we talk about all kinds of scary, spooky, freaky shit while drinking wine or martinis and mm-hmm. laughing through our fears. We're your hosts. I'm. I'm sh- <laughs> You're right. It's. Yeah, that's my fault. Damn, girl. Sorry. I'm Michelle. <laughs> and I'm Melissa. And this is Melissa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight, I'm going to be telling you about the Haunted Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Ooh. <laughs> We're continuing our Scare America. Yeah, yeah. Yay! Um, I had gone through a couple of stories that I was really into, and then I found out they weren't even true. And I'm like, eh. It sucks when you find out positively that they're not true. Because How do we know that they're not true? Yes, please The person who wrote it said it wasn't true. Oh, so they wrote it, and then they said that it wasn't true. (laughs) Um, Also, while we're talking about Arkansas, Nikki and I want to know. Why is Kansas pronounced Kansas, but Arkansas is not Arkansas? Right. Or Arkansas, or I'm sorry, or Arkansas. Like, it doesn't, why? Why did they change it? Because the English language is fucked up. Yeah. And I feel for anybody learning English because it's things like that that will mess you up. Yeah. So I have to throw in as well that, most of my family is from Arkansas. Oh. We have a family tree that goes into one branch. <laughs> All of my children, except for Jake, have oh, are that's from right. they go Arkansas there. Yeah. or have family there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, you know, we have this stigma about Arkansas. Sure. And... We have stigmas about everything and every place and everyone. And right. Whatever. And actually, my family tree does go up to one branch. I think my great-great-grandfather married his cousin or something mm-hmm. like that. Because that was the only person in town. (laughs) I may need more clarification on that. Well, the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, which I don't know about you, but whenever something has the word springs in it, it just feels like... It sounds beautiful. It it sounds beautiful and fancy and just like calming and... Yes, I could go there as a spa. Right. Well, it's now a haunted hotel. So it was built in 1886... Um, there's been hundreds of tales of paranormal experiences at the Crescent Hotel and Spa. Given its history, it's not surprising that it's haunted. Besides being a popular mountaintop resort, that's the other thing, like, on top of mountaintop. Like, it just sounds fabulous, right? Yeah. Aside from being a hotel, it's also been a girls' college. Okay. Which is kind of random. Yeah. And a cancer hospital where doctor and for Uh those of you that can't see me i am doing doctor in air quotes dr norman baker claimed to have you're gonna say bates (laughs) (laughs) might as well be uh dr norman baker claimed to have had the cure for cancer obviously he didn't mm -hmm. 
Who does? Besides the government. <laughs> Just kidding. It has been known as America's most haunted hotel by the likes of ghost hunters and ghost adventurers. And there's been an extraordinary amount uh, of paranormal activity and it's attracted the attention of tons of paranormal investigators who have traveled there and studied it to see what type of supernatural activity it is. So for me, that makes it feel more real. If it's to the yeah. point where people, oh, sorry, I got to take my nugs out. Hang on. Take, take, go get them nugs. Hang on. <laughs> take my nugs off. Okay. I'm laughing because you said, take my nugs off. And to the average I listener, that may, even that may sound like you're not talking about chicken nuggets. I am <clears throat> talking yeah. about my chicken nuggets and my tots, my tater tots. So I'm looking at this Crescent Hotel. Is it not beautiful? Gorgeous. It's huge. And it looks like um, these pictures are in fall, so the leaves mm -hmm. are changing. I wonder if it would be inexpensive to go there. Well, uh, on Google right now, there is a deal of one twenty-five <laughs> a night. Hey, well, and I've I've read on here that you should request certain rooms if you're oh, going to go stay there. Okay, so, okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, so Dr. Norman Baker claimed to have had the cure for cancer. Clearly, he didn't. Right. And there's been so much paranormal activity there that it's drawn the attention of actual like paranormal investigators and like I was saying to me that makes it feel more legit like okay if if to a paranormal investigator if they've heard about it enough and there's been enough sightings for them to want to travel there and check mm -hmm. it out I feel like that's sort of a right. legit thing happening if yeah. they want to go check it out enough people have talked about it that they're like okay let's go check this out right Right. So. so some of its famed tales are room 218. So that is where Michael, who was an Irish stonesman, he fell to his death when building the hotel. Ugh. He's been known to hang out there because he died there. Right. Theodora, who is a cancer patient. I love that name, by the way. Theodora, yeah. right. Is known to be seen fumbling for her keys outside room 419, as well as tidying up for guests when they leave the room. Did she work there? She was a cancer patient. Oh. So, and I'll get into this later, but Dr. Baker, who said he was a doctor and was going to cure these cancer patients in his cancer hospital, was burying them in the basement. Oh, shit. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry to bury the lead, but I was trying to build up to that. Yeah, so she was move a the headstone. <laughs> Here we go. The bodies. <laughs> so Theodora, who died there, she's been known to haunt a little boy named Brecky, which I think is so cute. Brecky. Um, he was a four-year-old mm -hmm. of uh, Richard and Mary Breckenridge Thompson. He died in the hotel due to complications from an appendicitis, and he's been seen throughout the hotel, often bouncing a ball. <sighs> Dr. John Fremont Ellis, the hotel's in-house doctor circa the late 19th century, is most often seen, or you can smell his cherry pipe tobacco near his office, which is now room 212. Oh. So we have room 218, 212, and 419, which are said to be haunted and okay. have paranormal activity. Mark those down. Mm -hmm. And then Morris, which was the famed hotel cat, was known as the hotel general manager for over 21 <laughs> years. He was later buried on the hotel property and is regularly seen and heard as oh, well. Oh, that's cool. While the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs has many ghost stories of the past, 
What makes it America's most haunted hotel is the activity still happening today and the throngs of paranormal investigators who still flock there to study throughout the year and travel the property each year. They usually typically go there in January and share their findings. Mm. Wait, what's the significance of January? I don't know. It just says they they travel and maybe it's a fresh year. I don't know. It just says they all tend to go there in January. Many of the paranormal investigators have sort of come to believe that limestone has a special ability to absorb and release electromagnetic and psychic energies. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, Crescent Mountain, the hilltop the hotel sits on. Oh, I see where this is going. Is predominantly limestone. Okay. So it's like the whole mountain part is probably haunted. (laughs) So this massive 18-inch thick stone used for the body of the hotel Mm. um, was made of limestone as well. Oh, wow. So not only is it sitting on it, but it, the bottom of the hotel was made of it. Right. And it's like 18 inches thick. That's crazy. So they think that some of these factors contribute to the abundant amount of paranormal activity mm-hmm. um, that the guests have experienced. Fucking science. Right. Part of the mystery is still unsolved. There's a reoccurring phenomenon that happens in a spot on the third floor where the hotel connects to an annex, which was built into the or onto the hotel when it was a hospital the area has been said to be a portal to the other side Mm. multiple guests have grown faint Um, a few have passed out briefly at the same stop on the nightly ghost tour because they do ghost tours there uh, with no reasonable explanation Mm -hmm. like they've either just got faint or passed out when they hit that certain spot and nobody knows why interesting Mm-hmm. It says that kind, that the, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, that no. kind of reminds me of our last episode about Stoll, Kansas on in the cemetery when people go on those mm-hmm. stairs, right? they like lose time. It's almost like a hot spot, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead of my fi, it's ghost fi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I have experienced situations where I think I lost time, where I'm like, how... How did I get here? Like when you're driving and then all of a sudden you're home or wherever and you're like, I don't even remember driving. Right. And you're not, I mean, you're obviously not drinking or or on drugs because you're driving, like you're not under the influence. You're just driving home or you're, you know, or just certain, and I've been in certain places where I'm like. you shouldn't be, but sometimes, yeah. But I'm saying when you're fully, you know, sober and it's not like you're drunk and you're just like passed out somewhere, it's like you're, it's like daytime activities and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. you're like, wait, where? How did that happen? Yeah. I've had that happen to me and me I'm too. just like, well, yes. guess I wasn't meant to remember what was happening in that current time because I don't know what happened right. just now. And I never thought about it at the time, but now I think back and I'm like, what does that mean? Does that mean my brain like turned off? Yeah. Or was I thinking about something else so hard that I don't remember? Right. Or did, did we hit a portal right. and we're, we're losing time? Yeah. And luckily we made it home. Yeah. I mean, I, I am up for all the things. I think sometimes it could just be our brains blocking something out. Yep. Never know. I Yeah. So anyhow, those occurrences, they kind of go in like sporadic spurts. So some of them will happen over several weeks at a time or several months, and then there'll be none for like a long period of time. So it's mm. very sporadic. Mm-hmm. Um, guests will so- hope it's not sporadic. Clueless. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in oh, peace, Brittany, Brittany Murphy. Murphy. R.I.P. Oh, Maybe she's her. there. Yes, me too. Mm. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyhow. 
Um, it's been known that guests will suddenly turn pale and they'll like fall against and slide down a wall like in a faint. Oh God. Although the loss of consciousness does not last very long and complete recovery is immediate. So it's like they'll come to pretty quickly and they remember what happened. It tends to further the hotel's legendary, excuse me, supernatural connection to the paranormal Mm -hmm. because people are witnessing this happen. Reports continue from the days of being a hospital. So there's been quite a like uptick in activity in the morgue, which again was the basement where the doctor mm-hmm. was burying the bodies. He turned what's it in. The, what's in the basement now? They have more rooms down there? Right? Or I don't know. Stupid. I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Is that part of the tour? So there's been quite an uptick in activity in the morgue. The Duchess, the, which is the manager, is quoted to saying, I think we have stirred up things a bit with the discovery of the remains. Mm. says Deborah the Duchess, yeah. who's the manager of the nightly ghost tours, um, referring to the 2019 uncovering of a secret bottle grave of the Crescent's most famous infamous resident owner, Norman Baker. That was the one mm. who was the doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A certified archaeological dig found hundreds of bottles of Baker's secret formula, as well as jars containing medical specimens that had been surgically removed from patients. Ew. Yeah, he was burying all the shit down there. Oh, God. And this was actually on, I want to say maybe Ghost Hunters. Is that the show? Okay. Um, With uh, the two dudes. Zach. Yeah. They were one of the paranormal people that went and checked this out. And when they were in the basement, which was turned into the morgue by the doctor, and where he was burying not only bodies, but specimens, formaldehyde, all that shit, there is, um, when they are down there and they have their thermal metering machine thing that sees the body heat. I know what you're talking about, yeah. So they were recording, and they went to go look back on their thing, and... The one guy, sorry, I don't know their names, but one guy was like, wait, 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 go back. And they went back, and there was a full-on figure standing in the doorway about two feet from them in that that man-made morgue um, that the doctor had done down there. Man-made morgue, yeah. That's a good Mm -hmm. good way of putting it. Wait, um, did it say what was in the bottles of his treatment? No, it just says it's his secret formula. And I think that's what he was telling people was was going to cure them of their cancer. We'll never know it's a secret. And then the other one had medical specimens. And then he also had um, all kinds of like um, formaldehyde, which right. as we know, is preserves a body and things like mm-hmm. that. Lovely. Yeah. So a dark figure has been seen recently in the morgue. And there's been an increase in cold spots and reports of people being touched. Ooh. So I think that dark figure. Our favorite. In, yeah. I think that dark figure in the morgue is the same one that the the dudes from the ghost hunters saw. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the hotel hosts all kinds of paranormal thrill seekers from professionals to amateurs. They get so many people coming who actually witness paranormal activity that there's a Facebook group called the Crescent Hotel Ghost Tours. Oh, okay. There has been over 5,000 members from across the country that have shared thousands of photos and paranormal experiences Jesus. while visiting How the hotel. How have we hotel. not heard about Right? This. That's why I wanted to tell you because I'm like, I have never yes. heard of this. And I'm like, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Missy. <laughs> I'm like, well, first of all, we got to put it on our bucket list of haunted things. Absolutely. I mean, Arkansas was not on no, the top but of my book. Now, now I want it to. Is. And then secondly, because the fact that there's been over 5,000 people who have That's shared insane. it. Normally yeah. you'll get like between one and five people will be like, oh, I experienced this. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. But when 5,000 people. That's 
That is. To me, that's legit. That's legit shit right there. I agree. So we need to go. We definitely need to go. Do you think, okay, I'm going to be like Debbie Downer here. Mm -hmm. Do you think that because they promote it so much about, you know, the most haunted hotel, do you think they're doing things to make it appear that there's paranormal activity? Maybe. And if they are, I say kudos to them. And I, you know what? We need to go and figure it out. Mm-hmm. We need to get to the bottom of this. Because if actual paranormal professionals are talking about it and they're not right. saying that they think it's fake, that's good enough for me. So even if it is mm-hmm. fake, but they think it's real, that's good enough for me. It still scares shit out of me. Wait, did the Warrens ever go here? Because I don't know. We need to I'm figure not. that out. <laughs> but it, it says researchers meet there every year to study these findings. They annually meet. The hotel has this conclave. Eureka Springs Paranormal Weekend. Oh, wow. Um, To bring together all these interested investigators of all experience levels. I wonder if we could do it. We could be amateurs. But we have a podcast about this. Can we join? Possibly. We'll have to find out. We should be indicted. Not indicted. What is it called? I don't want to be indicted. (laughs) We should be... Inducted? Inducted. Inducted into this. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I don't want to be indicted. We need to join. Oh my um, God. I have a whole new goal in life right now. Okay. Write well, this down. So investigators of all experience levels with nationally known para- paranormal investigators for overnight ghost hunts and to seek answers. So one weekend became two weekends as headline for the weekend's wow. best-selling author, Larry Flaxman and founder of the Ozarks Paranormal Society. Ozarks. Found both the evidence of the paranormal and the interest level of amateur investigators more than a weekend could handle. So they had to turn it into two weekends. Also, there's a Ozarks Paranormal Society. I mean, can we get Jason Bateman involved in this? Um, I think he probably heads it up, right? <laughs> and Judith Ruth, what's her name? Ju- uh, So anyhow, this best-selling author, Larry Flaxman, noted that what draws so many ghost hunters back to this hotel is the rich history of the Crescent Hotel, including the unscrupulous acts of Norman Baker, Mm -hmm. who was the so-called cancer doctor, and the physical, emotional, and mental pain of his cancer patients who Mm. occupied the Crescent during its time as a hospital. It's just left this incredible... um, uh, sorry, not incredible. <laughs> That's the wrong <laughs> word to use in this situation. Indelible mark. Two different meanings. Hauntings Incredibly are- indelible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hauntings are common in locations where there has been extreme trauma and tragedy mm-hmm. and the long history of tragedies at the property has lent itself to producing an environment highly conducive for paranormal activity. And again, making the Crescent Hotel America's most haunted hotel. Evidence of the haunting came to the forefront at the 2021 Paranormal Weekend Mm -hmm. as a full-body apparition was captured on camera. Oh, shit. And I can see it here in this picture, so I'll have to send it to you so we can put it up. Um, It was captured on camera with the help of of a ghost hunting tool called a laser grid that creates pinpoints of lights. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can see all the green lights in the picture. If a light group of lights are missing, it's because they are being blocked by something. The picture was taken during an investigation by an amateur investigator in the crystal dining room. A figure had often been reported in this location sitting at the window still waiting for someone. Mm. And now that has been backed by evidence. And you can see this outline of this apparition 
clear as day in this picture. We'll definitely post that on the Instagram page, Freaky Friday's Pod on Instagram. I did find the Eureka Springs Paranormal Weekend. It was January 28th to 30th or February 4th to 6th, 2022. I want to go. So this is probably why you were saying that January is such a a hot time to go. Mm -hmm. We can plan on this for future years. $150 per person, all events, full weekend pass. I'm down. I'm in. So there's been a lot of activity because there's been a lot of trauma and tragedy at this hotel, formerly college, formerly cancer hotel. (laughs) And just the, the, the worker who died working on the hotel when they were turning it into a hotel died. I mean, there's been a lot of trauma and tragedy. Never heard of this before. I know. Right. Like, and it's gorgeous. It's got this rooftop bar up there. It looks like. It's just, it's stunning to me. And it's its surrounded by all these trees and greenery. And it's just, it, it's giving me very much the Shining Hotel vibes. Yes. It's giving Overlook vibes right now, but without the snow. Right. It also almost looks like a giant Barbie house. It does. Like, look at all the rooms. Like you I feel it up right in the middle there. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like each of these rooms is like telling a story Mm -hmm. and there's like characters in them and or ghosts Mm -hmm. or spirits i mean it's just i want to go so bad and i want to do this whole paranormal thing oh and by the way at least 44 patients died in this cancer hospital i want to know more about this doctor like what is this whole? that's what i've been trying to find and i'm trying to find out what eventually happened to him because there's lots of information and i'm trying to because he died there as well. Um, I don't know if he, like, if he got caught mm-hmm. and died. Did, like, I don't know because he was not a real doctor. How do you do that? How do you lure people here? Say, I have this secret formula that will cure you. I mean, I guess people are desperate at the time. Right. And this was the late 1800s? 1886, you said? Yes. So, 1886, I mean, yeah. what other choice did people have? They were like, I mean, because if someone's a self-proclaimed doctor, that means you're not a real doctor. Yeah. Right. Right. That's what I would say. He looks quacky. Oh, is there pictures? I found a black and white one. I'll send it to you. So Norman Baker was born in Muscatine, Muscatine, Iowa. He was the youngest of 10 children. He dropped out of high school his sophomore year and followed his father's footsteps of becoming a machinist. (laughs) None of this says doctor. Right. And especially if you drop out your height, your sophomore Mm. year, an encounter with a traveling mentalist show changed Uh, his life. After seeing the show, he recruited a troupe of other performers and toured around the Midwest where he performed as an illusionist and hypnotist. Hypnotist. Sorry. God, get it together. (laughs) Hypnotist. It sounds fancier. It does. After, After a few years, his troupe signed on with a lucrative theater on the vaudeville circuit. After a decade of touring, he married another performer and settled down back in Muscatine. Apologize if I'm not pronouncing that right. He went back to being a machinist and inventor, patenting the caliphone, caliphone, a kind of portable steam organ. Uh, He also had a mail order business, Uh, a correspondence art school, and other business... And other business ventures that made him quite a bit of money. This guy's a total scammer. 
yeah, that Kalia, Kalia phone, Kalia phone, whatever alone earned him 200,000 over 3 million in today's money in a single oh my year. God. Then in 1920, he realized the power of radio and he wanted in on the action. So in 1924, he negotiated a deal with the Muscatine Chamber of Commerce in exchange for free rent and utilities. His new station, KTNT, which stood for Know the Naked Truth, <laughs> would make Muscatine famous. He promised he'd broadcast real, honest-to-goodness entertainment oh, that geez. farmers and small-town folks would enjoy. So the chamber obliged, and Baker got his deal. He had the KTNT studio built on top of a hill, along with a gift shop, restaurant, and excursion boat on the nearby lake. Holy shit. And a large six-pump gas station offering the lowest prices around. Wow. Probably a penny back then. Right. He also frequently violated his broadcast license. Shocker. Wow. Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> KTNT was only licensed to broadcast at 5,000 watts. But Baker would often boost the signal to double that. What does that mean? So it means he went over his watts at 10,000. He he used too much does watt, that mean watt, wattageness? <laughs> I don't know. Does that mean it, it gets further? Like it goes outside of their area or something? I, uh, well, I don't know. Let me finish reading okay, this. Okay, sorry. Um, since the station was on top of a hill, he or his employees could see if an FCC inspector was on their way mm -hmm. and they'd simply dial it back down to the proper wattage before the inspector arrived. Oh, so it's kind of like they were stealing energy. Sure. <laughs> Maybe. I like wattageness Maybe. better. I think their wattageness was just out of control. I agree. <laughs> Everyone should dial back their wattageness. <laughs> Especially nowadays. Um, new t-shirt. Dial back your wattageness. <laughs> um, thanks to the station's illegally large search, it quickly became one of the most popular stations in the country. Oh. On the weekends, thousands would flock to the KTNT grounds to listen to Baker's broadcast. At its largest, the crowd was estimated to be about 50,000 people. Jesus. At one point... What else is there to do back in 1880? Right. <laughs> At one point, he decided to take his broadcasting equipment outside so he could interact on air with his adoring fans. That doesn't surprise me. He seems like he just wants all attention. of the attention. Yep. And all look of at this me, is fine. Look at me. Fine. Yeah. You're not selling cancer treatments to people that are mm -mm. dying. Right. No. You you do you, boo. Overuse right. your wattageness exactly. and get your popularity. Right. Uh, his popularity translated into a lot of money. On mm -hmm. average summer Sunday, his various businesses would rake in about 3000 more than 45000 in today's money. Wow. A, a weekend? Yes, in a weekend. Oh, fuck. No, sorry, on a summer Sunday. Just oh, a right, Sunday. Just one day. Yeah. Baker's popularity went all the way to the top. He had supported Herbert Hoover's oh. R. California 1928 presidential campaign, and Baker was credited with winning the Midwest for him. That support earned him a private White House meeting with then-President Hoover. Later, Hoover participated in a publicity stunt that would be considered unethical today. Pressing a button in front of the press that remotely started the printing presses to launch Baker's new tabloid, the Midwest Free Press. So this dude's got his hands in all kinds of shit. No kidding. Yeah. He's busy. Why was Baker so popular, you ask? Well, for one thing, Baker's experience as a vaudeville performer honed his speaking and persuasive skills. So it sounds like he was a charmer. Right. 
and Baker broadcast his show in the evening, specifically during dinner when farmers and laborers would be home listening to the radio. He preached a fiery populist message full of anti-intellectual, anti-Semitic, anti- I can never say this word, Semitic, Semitic, mm-hmm. is that right? Anti-Semitic, yeah. And, yeah. and anti-Catholic rants. He saw conspiracies everywhere. Mm-hmm. His business competitors and unsympathetic newspapers were publishing lies about him trying to shut down the truth he even accused the local pto of being a communist organization oh, yeah i bet bunch of those moms were communists <laughs> he also preached <laughs> i think you're thinking bta oh. <laughs> that's a pto i don't know paid time off <laughs> personal time off yeah we're i taking- was thinking pta Sorry about that. That probably wasn't even around then. Oops, did I do that? But it's interesting that he's spewing all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like why? Well, it says he also preached good old-fashioned traditional quackery. Quackery. <laughs> a lot of which is still floating around today, such as fluoridated water and aluminum pots and pans are toxic. Uh-oh. Well, isn't he? Isn't that true? <laughs> here's Here's this one. This next one might... Get some scuffles from people. Uh-oh. Vaccinations are worthless or even Uh-oh. poisonous just to plot by doctors to fleece innocent people. Oh, shit. <laughs> and big business and the government are conspiring to cover up these truths. <gasps> it's like he was predicting corona. Uh, no kidding. Hey, how history repeats itself, right? Right. His anti-vax ranting. He's Q. He's QAnon. <laughs> <laughs> His anti-vax ranting even set off a cow war. During cow? Cow. Like, C-O-W. Moo. Okay. Cow. During an outbreak of bovine tuberculosis in the oh, Midwest. Shit. Mad cow. Mm-hmm. He claimed that the newly mandated TB testing of cattle. Is this my husband? Was Brian? Is, <laughs> is he reincarnated? <laughs> He's Dr. Baker. <laughs> He claimed that the newly mandated TB testing of cattle was really a conspiracy by veterinarians. <laughs> he claimed that vets would falsify positive test results in order to steal, then sell perfectly healthy cattle. This sounds like one of those things where he started off kind of like normal, like we see nowadays. And it got wacky. And then it got like wackier and wackier. And then all of a sudden he's like, I got the cure for cancer. Come yeah. up to my hotel. Totally. I've got my secret serum in a bottle. Right. Really quick, how do you bash vaccines and then sell your own quote-unquote secret serum? Hypocrite. (laughs) Hypocrite. Hypocrite. (laughs) Um, He convinced enough ranchers to swallow this bullshit that they literally ran veterinarians out of town using violence (gasps) and intimidation rather than submit their herds to TB testing. This guy is like master mind control. Mm Mm-hmm. The cow war was stopped when the government sent in the state military. Holy shit. It got that far? Mm-hmm. Good lord. But his biggest nemesis, the one that he railed on about consistently, was the American Medical Association. Uh-oh. He accused the local university hospital of being a slaughterhouse. Jesus. He frequently... Oh, what he did was fine. Uh-huh. He frequently accused the AMA of having a cure for cancer, but keeping it a secret so doctors could make money on surgeries and radiation treatments. But remember, Baker was really, really rich. Mm-hmm. He dressed in fancy purple and lavender suits. Gross. What? It, yes, I agree. And what is it about purple that people think is like regal or royal? I don't know. Maybe because of crown royal. 
That's the bag be comes it. in his purple. That's gotta <laughs> be it. <laughs> um, he also wore a gold and diamond horseshoe tie pin. I mean, I don't know about you, but that screams luxury to me. <laughs> Richie, rich. He even had a customized purple Franklin Roadster outfitted with air conditioning and bulletproof glass. I mean, air that's big for back then. And bulletproof glass. Did how? I didn't even know that was invented back I then. I know. Yet he constantly accused his enemies of being nothing but greedy charlatans out to squeeze the little folk for every one of their hard-earned dimes. Dr. Hypocrite. Baker, who, remember, dropped out in the 10th grade, styled himself as a self-taught healer and his cures included most folk remedies like using an onion to cure appendicitis <laughs> but that was about to change in 1929 he went to dr Ozias cancer clinic in kansas city missouri kansas city here i come Ozias was another wild quack who claimed he had the cure oh, for God. cancer a secret propriety blend of herbs and spices that was actually just find each other Right? It, it's like they were drawn to each other. His cure was actually just corn silk, clover, and ground watermelon seeds in water. <laughs> that was the cure. That for was cancer. the cure. So Baker and Oseus chose five cancer patients to administer the cure to so they could report on their results. Shockingly, all five patients died. But they continued on. Uh huh. Wow. But that's not what Baker and Oseus said. They publicly claimed that those patients had all miraculously recovered and then they were burying uh, them underneath. See, this is the only thing that I like about the internet. We could be like, okay, let me Google that. You're wrong. You're a liar. Right. So Baker, back at the KTNT studio, started performing open air demonstrations of his various cures even cutting away part of a man's skull in front of a crowd of people. Oh, my God. How is this not a movie? How was he not fucking arrested? More importantly, yes, why wasn't he arrested? <laughs> Maybe this needs to be a movie. I know. We I claim know. the rights. Anyone out there that steals this? Yes. Fuck off. <laughs> Go fuck it. I'm going to tell my brother on you. But he knew he needed more than just a weekend crowd to demonstrate his cures. So in December of 1929, he opened the first Baker Institute in Muscatine, where he claimed he could cure everything from constipation <laughs> to varicose veins to fucking cancer. Wow. He staffed the hospital with chiropractors. Did chiropractors back then? Yeah. Osteopaths and diploma mill MDs, calling them the masters of their profession. And of course, he promoted it heavily on his radio Why am I station. getting like MLM vibes right now? Multi-level marketing. I'm getting sort of almost a cult feeling. From Very, him. yes. Now KTNT has been getting complaints since it first went on air. But once he started hawking phony cures, the editor of the JAMA, J-A-M-A, -A, began <laughs> Mama -jama? calling for an in Mama JAMA. <laughs> started calling for an investigation and the FTC soon obliged in 1931 Good, finally shit. not till 1931 the FTC denied Baker a license renewal on the grounds of vulgarity immorality or indecency I didn't know you could do that I didn't either there's plenty of that going around today so wait the uh ho the hospital or mm -hmm. cancer treatment center mm -hmm. quote unquote opened in 18. 86. 86. And they didn't formally get him until 1931? Apparently, yeah. Jesus. Take your fucking time. So, but even though they took down the radio station, he still had his newsletter. So that <laughs> went out to thousands of people every day. And he had the Baker Institute still. Right. There would be, 
There he would perform exams on people for $10, which was a hefty amount of money for for mostly poor folks that he targeted back then. Right. Every exam showed the patient had the worst case of whatever disease they came in with. They're still doing that nowadays. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Since he couldn't technically practice medicine, he had his real doctors do his bidding. He would charge his patients up to $1,000 per treatment, injections with Ozea's watermelon seed formula, and then he started adding carbolic acid to it. I'm not sure. Some kind of look it up really probably quick. filler. Carbolic. Or else his own formula made up of equal parts of alcohol, glycerin, and carbolic acid. That's carbolic what they were getting. Carbolic acid, per Google, is a very poisonous chemical substance made from tar and oh my also God. found in some plants and essential oils. It's used in plastics, nylon, epoxy medicines, and to kill germs, also called phenol. Wow. That sounds healthy. Mm-hmm. In 1930, JAMA published an article about Baker's lies, viciousness, and quackery. So Baker fought back in the pages of his own newsletter, claiming the AMA was trying to shut down the truth. He even said that they had sent assassins to kill him, but that one of the would-be assassins recognized him as having cured his friend, so he backed out of it. In a tactic we still see today, he also used the AMA's attack as an excuse to raise funds for his fight. He then sued the AMA for $500,000. He wanted to bring in a long life of former patients to testify on his behalf, but they had all either gotten worse or died. Oh, shit. Former employees testified <laughs> as no to I have no witnesses. What he... They're all dead. They're all dead. <laughs> well, maybe your shit doesn't work then, dude. <laughs> uh, former employees testified as to what was in his cure, further proving just what a mm-hmm. quack he was. Mm-hmm. Needless to say... Uh, in fact, free grandstanding didn't work in real court of law, and he lost. <laughs> Thanks to what came out of the trial, he was later charged with practicing medicine without a license. Mm-hmm. So he fled to Mexico, the border town of Nuevo Laredo, to be exact. There, he ran a 100,000-watt border blaster station, <laughs> XENT, where he continued his grandstanding lying and attacks against the medical establishment. He also ran for governor, while still being in Mexico, ran for governor of Iowa on the farm labor ticket, but he didn't even get on the ballot. How the hell do you do that? In 1936, he was able to work out a deal with the state of Iowa, which is now run by a more sympathetic governor, where he would serve one day in jail and pay $1,050. So nothing's changed in that area. Right. After his triumphant release, he ran for senator, and again, he lost. (laughs) Stop running, dude. (laughs) Yeah. No one wants to vote for you. No longer able to run a radio station or a cancer clinic and failing as a politician, Baker decided to leave Iowa for good. He set his sights on some place where he could be back in business, free from the burdensome government regulations he faced in Iowa, some place with fresh air and a healthful reputation, a place like Eureka Springs, Arkansas. God damn it. Poor Eureka Springs. They had no idea. They say that the history of the Crescent Hotel reads almost like a Stephen King novel. Totally. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is the quackery story (laughs) of Dr. Norman Baker and the Crescent Hotel, Eureka Springs, Arkansas, which Michelle and I plan to visit. It's on our list now. God, our list is getting long. I am super intrigued by that story. That was very interesting. I highly applaud you this guy puts some of these doctors nowadays like dr death to shame oh man 
That's a doozy. This guy, what a fucking nut. It is. And just because there's so many different like things that go on at this hotel, like it's been so many things and so much tragedy, it doesn't surprise me that there's haunted spirits there and right. shit happening. It's the fucking Shining Hotel. Totally. It's the Overlook. Legit. So this is what I was thinking that stole Kansas to bring it back to our last episode again. This is what, if you haven't heard about that episode, please go to <laughs> like and subscribe. This is what I think Soul Kansas should do. Embrace mm-hmm, the spookiness mm-hmm. and make some money off of it. Absolutely. Just have guards or whatever you, security, so that people aren't fucking shit up. I mean, because that right. really bothered me when you talked about how people were just destroying this place. And it's like, I know. People are first awful. of all, because like I said, that is someone's final resting place. Right. And it bothers me that people are treating it that way. Mm-hmm. But secondly, just because don't be a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to go to your house and just destroy it because I think it might be haunted. Like, just don't be a fucking Richard and <laughs> move on. A Richard head. God. Well, that was fun. That was fun. Thank you, miss. That You're was welcome. great. I'm so excited to hear about new things I've never known of. Yeah. Before I came across this one, I had found this one story that I was like really intrigued in, but then I couldn't find any more on it. And then that's when I found out it was fake. And I was so pissed because it sounded really cool. It was supposed to have taken place at an old like cemetery where there was like a well, an empty well in the back of the cemetery. And I can't remember where it was. I want to say it was in um, Indiana, maybe. Mm-hmm. And anyhow, it's supposed to be take place like a long time ago. A bunch of kids, a bunch of boys are out playing and they they tend to go play in the back of this old cemetery where it's like a big open field and they had the, the, the well, this open well. So the older boys dare the youngest kid to go down into the well and see what's in there. So they find an old tire and a rope and they set him on it and they, you know, slowly wheel him down it or whatever. Until they can't see him anymore. And then it's just dark and you can't see anything. And then all of a sudden they can't hear him talk anymore. And they're getting worried. So they decide to pull him up. And when they pull him up, he's gone from being this little kid to this old gray haired like freak that's like cackling and laughing. And they they can't figure out like what's wrong with them. And he ends up in a menstrual, a mental, menstrual, a (laughs) mental, a menstrual. (laughs) He ends up in a mental institution where all he does now is stare out the window and like cackle. And I'm like, God, this seems so like crazy. And there was like sightings of it. And then the more I kept digging, I couldn't find and I kept digging and then I found out it wasn't true. And I was fucking pissed because I'm like, that would have been so interesting. But then I found this and I was like, this is better because Mm -hmm. this is like, I've never heard of this. I've heard of people falling down wells. That happens all the time. I mean, this, the, the hotel itself, like that story would have been totally enough for me when you got into the, the, the doctor. whole doctor part like Good it just adds Lord. a whole other level yes this guy's a nutbag i mean it's freaky to think about like obviously now in our day and age there's you know processes put into place before you mm-hmm. go to a, a, a actual doctor but back then how are you gonna you know i mean and you can google so much now and be like is this person really a doctor right like <laughs> But back then, no, you just had to trust that this guy was going to cure you. And we always talk about, like, if you could go back in time, and I wish I lived in, like, the 1930s or so. Yeah, just for the sock hops, not for the rest of it. Yeah, maybe just for the roaring 20s outfits. Right, and the martinis and, like, having a champagne and having a good time, but not for this stuff. Not bathing once a week and not for the fake talk. not eating liver and onions for dinner and 
<gasps> Walking uphill to school in the snow with no shoes. Both and... ways. <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck that. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Ugh. I like it. Thank you so much for that story. You're welcome. You're welcome. I hope you're able to sleep tight. Make sure you leave the lights on. <laughs> Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Abigail. We're sisters. And we believe in ghosts. Welcome to Supernatural Sisters, a podcast all about ghostly encounters, bone-chilling monsters, and basically anything that goes bump in the night. Each week, we talk about a haunted place, a legendary monster, or a story that sends shivers down our spine. And maybe we'll talk about the pottery scene from Ghosts. He's not a ghost in that scene. There are other parts of that movie where he's a ghost. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And remember, we, we believe, believe you. you. Go to FreakyFridaysPodcast.com and subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Join us next week for a new freaky tale.